Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a legend on the show today. Mr. Mike C-Rock is with us. So, hey, stay with us. You're going to love this. And we're back. Let me bring Mike on. Mike, welcome to the show. What's up, Ken? Thanks for having me, man. Every interview I go on, I have to start with gratitude, man, because it's, first of all, eliminates complaints and complaining, but I'm just so thankful to be here to share with you and, and your audience, man, and, and thank you to them for, for showing up. Dude, I, I'm I'm excited to have you here. And, you know, I I started this show about almost... Gosh, I think this might be the third anniversary today. Congrats. It might man. be. Um, so three years ago, and 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 dude, I, I, I think I started this for selfish reasons. I was stuck and I thought, you know, if I just start interviewing rock stars, I can figure out how to get unstuck. And it's worked, but but like, you know, I, I love hearing people's stories, like, you know, how they came up and what what got them through the hard times. So you know, let's start with where you were born and raised. Uh, I was born and raised outside of Philadelphia, actually Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, if you've heard of Wilmington, Delaware, um, they say it's a great place to be a body. Um, I, uh, that's not a really good joke, but that's what my, my stepfather used to tell me all the time because he worked there. Um, but outside of Philly, I grew up and then in the Maryland when I was 11. Wow. Is, that's that's not far, though. Like, that's not a it's Maryland's all not. Yeah. yeah. It's all right in that Philly, Baltimore metro area. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. sweet. So, so um, you moved to Maryland when you were eleven. How, what was that like for you? Like, you, did you leave all your friends? Did you? I mean, how how did that did that cause any yeah. like insecurities well, as a kid? <laughs> yeah, that I don't think that was the biggest problem. I think uh, you know I grew up a lot around a lot of broken people. Not just broken mindsets, but broken people, alcohol, drug addicts, anxiety, yeah. depression, problems. Uh, my grandmother committed suicide. My stepfather's dad committed suicide. Like a lot of things that I just witnessed. And I, I thought, you know what? Whoa. I'm not okay with all this. I was never okay with it. You know, I'm wearing a shirt today that says stubborn. And, yeah. you know, I, I thought there was more to life than that. And, and even if people didn't see it themselves, I felt like I needed to make it my mission to, to share that. And, you know, the biggest problem was I grew up, I don't remember my parents together. I grew up in a broken home. Um, yeah. you know, do you want me to get into that now? Yeah, dude. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I lived with my mom until I was eight. She started her going on to her third marriage and nothing against my stepfather, George. But at that time I didn't want to go into another man's house, uh, and learn another man's rules. I was eight years old trying to figure my way and I had an option. So my dad was moving on to his second marriage. I said, well, let me try this out. I went to dinner in an Italian restaurant in Wilmington called Mrs. Rubino's. And my dad and his his wife sat me down and talked to me. It felt like a time timeshare sales pitch. Uh, <laughs> but I was a rollover at that point. They didn't realize it, but they were telling me, you'll get a pool, you can have a waterbed, you can have a puppy, all this stuff. And I think it all stemmed around. Now, I don't know. I'm not bashing my dad, but I think it stemmed from 
child support conflict and yeah. you know there was a lot of conflict that goes on and when there's a broken home and then you start adding step parents into the mix there's a lot of agendas that are added and and yeah. if the adults do not act like adults they start to act like kids then it you know rains down on the children yeah. and so you know from 8 years old to 11 i decided to live with my dad and broke my mom's heart she ended up telling me years later that she cried herself to sleep at night and you know obviously just i don't think that's a good thing for to do to a kid either just put that on their shoulders but you know this no. is the kind of things i dealt with and i'm not playing the victim role here at all i just want to share this with you because yeah. there's a spark that was lit at one point and so during that three years from eight to 11, I went through a lot of psychological, mental abuse, threats. My, things were said about my mom that, you know, there was a conflict between my dad and my stepmom and my mom and all yeah. this stuff. So yeah. it was taken yeah. out on me when I lived there. And at nights, a lot of times as a nine-year-old, I would sleep with my baseball bat at night because I was scared. And wow. uh, so that was more impactful than just moving, right? And right. moving yeah. from schools and all that. So but at the end of the day, it built me to who I am. It's what I'm made of as my podcast is called in the wall behind me. But so at one point I thought this was all ordinary. I thought this is what you're supposed to go through as a kid. Yeah. And, and one point I'd realized it wasn't after seeing some other friends and, you know, things that, you know, I, I witnessed that I'm not supposed to be going through this. This isn't normal. So one weekend I, I left my mom's, I was coming back from a weekend at hers, the every other weekend thing that many of you probably can relate to that have had divorced parents. And I was going over these hills in southeastern Pennsylvania on the way home, and my stomach was in knots. You know, I felt anxious, and I didn't want to go back. And my mom said, what's the matter? Something's wrong with you. Now, when people go through abuse, there's some reasons that they don't share with what's going on to other people. And one yeah. is because you're not sure if people will believe you. Right. Another is you're embarrassed that you let it happen or let it happen for as long as it did. And a weird one to me is that you're concerned with what, what will happen to the abuser. You know, and so these are things that went through my head as a young child. And, uh, but I ended up sharing with my mom because I just had enough. And she said, you know what? You don't have to live in that environment. I'm going to file court papers for you and I'm going to get you out of there, but you need to stick to your guns. Like you can't flip flop on this and they're going to try to talk you out of it. And she told me that if she goes through all this emotions for this, that, that we can't have that. So she also told me that when you believe in something in life, you need to stick to your guns. Like you can't allow people to talk you out of your beliefs because one, they have their own agendas that they want to achieve and they'll try to talk you out of yours. And yep. two, if you start to advance and have success in life, there's going to be people that try to pull you back because they're uncomfortable. So she reminded me of that at that age at 11, 10 or 11 years old. So she ended up following those court papers. And for weeks, I was wondering when my dad was going to get those papers because I didn't tell him, of course. And so it was like a ticking time bomb and I was just waiting and waiting and finally, I came home from school one day and the tension in the, the house, you could feel it. There was an issue. And there was a lot of fighting that went on in that house, by the way. Wow. And I, I just knew something was up. So my dad had these papers in his hand and I said, go to your room. So I sat in my room. Now, my dad was my hero, Ken. He was a, a bricklayer, mason, poured concrete, very successful business, rough hands, big forearms. He always yeah. carried a wad of $100 bills in his pocket with a rubber band around it, which I thought was the coolest thing <laughs> as a kid. Wow. He used to flash it and show me, show me the hundred dollar bills all the time. So yeah. he comes back and he says, it says here, you want to move in with your mom. And I don't understand this because you got everything you need here. You know, we have everything. And if you go there, she's on to her third husband. She has men coming in and out of the house. You don't have, they don't have any money, you know, and you got everything you need here. Now he was right. My, my dad or my mom 
and stepfather, we, we lived in a $25,000 house. There was broken down cars in the driveway. Wow. We would go on vacation, thankfully, to the Jersey Shore and stay in a one-bedroom motel room, rundown motel room, with six, four kids and two adults, six people. And we would bring, allowed to be bringing friends with us. So there was even more. Somehow we did it. And we would have black trash bags as our suitcases. So he was right. We were, they didn't have it, but that wasn't important to me at that time. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, uh, I remember my mom saying, stick to your guns. I didn't get into discussion with him. I said, no, I made my mind up. I, this is what I want to do. Now, mind you, when that happened, I didn't leave that house right away. Like that, that I was in an abusive situation. And that had to continue for a while because the courts had to do their thing. So think about awkward, right? And so I'm going through this. And how old were you at this point? Um, 10-ish, 10, 11-ish. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, talk about that. Like going through this situation and then being in a situation where they know that you spilled the beans, so to speak. And of course, they're, they're telling everything in their mind like it's not as bad as it is because they have to try to justify what's going on, right? So yep. eventually, um, I ended up moving out and Bo, Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. So my dad said, if that's the case and you definitely want to do that. And he takes that wad hundred dollar bills out. He peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this. Then when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. Wow. And that's the reaction that I got from it. And so at that point I was just like, you know what? I'm stubborn. I'm wearing a shirt that says stubborn today, perversely <laughs> unyielding, right? <laughs> if you look up the definition in Merriam Webster's dictionary, that's the Dude, definition. Hold on. Where where can I buy that shirt? I got a, I got a link. It's on my my wife's got a store. She created a bunch of these just for me to I wear. I have that shirt. Dude. Yeah, that's I'll get you the shirt. Awesome. I'll get you the shirt. That's so, awesome. So uh the other thing is um anything I go through in life, like this is what I think about. Perversely unyielding. Can you imagine if you want something in life and you're pervert? Not just unyielding, can perversely unyielding. Yeah. You're yeah. going to get it, right? Yeah, yeah. So so stubborn is not the right thing, though, when it's on the wrong thing. So let me just make sure that that's clear. So uh, from that <laughs> point, I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'll show you. I'm not going to need that money. So that lit a spark. And for 30-some years, I've been driving off this spark of not letting my dad win. Sports, school, work, relationships, everything I did, I wanted to be the best. I yeah. wanted to make sure that that would never come true. And I didn't really – I think subconsciously I was doing this. and. Two years ago, I decided I went through some time. Uh, that's another story, but I went through a dark period and I was trying to figure out what the heck is going on in my life. Why is my life elevating in all areas? Nice yeah. upward trajectory, despite the setbacks, despite the disappointments, despite the letdowns, despite my own screw ups. Why was it continuing to go up? And I found out the formula and this is so powerful. I was taking everything that would stop or slow down a normal human being and I was storing it in my fuel tank. Instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down, and mm. I was able to convert it into rocket fuel for my future. Mm. And so this 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 is so powerful. I call it rocket fuel because rockets rocket fuel is the only thing I know that can get you into outer space right. away from gravity, away from suppressing gravity, all the bad things that happen and negativity and toxicity, right? Yeah. And so when I did that, I decided to bottle it and I wrote the book Rocket Fuel, which is coming out May third next Monday on Amazon. Wow. Wow. And. Uh, and I put that out there because I want to share it so powerful. I want to share it with people. It, it Basically, if you can take everything that would normally stop you, slow you down and convert it into rocket fuel, you become unstoppable. So, so let, let me, because dude, we have very similar stories and 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 I'm, I'm not going to make this about me, but trust me, I know everything you're talking about. And, and so I 
I don't know if this happened to you, but I had, man, when I was a, when I was a teenager, <laughs> I had an attitude. <laughs> I mean, I re- I had a chip on my shoulder and, and, and that led me into some trouble as a kid <clears throat> for quite a while. Did you find yourself rebelling and getting in any, any trouble, um, as a kid? No, actually on the contrary. Uh, I luckily that third husband of my mom's, his name was George. George didn't have a lot of money, but he knew he could stretch a dollar a long ways. He worked for DuPont for years until he retired. Yeah. And uh, he was really good with that, but he was good at teaching life lessons and show me how to be a man, show me how to show up and be reliable and how to treat a woman and being respectful. Yeah. And if you didn't, he let you know about it. Never laid a hand on us, but he would let you know about it. He was the kind of guy that would be in a room and a party and sitting on the couch and not talking to anybody, but somebody would talk about passion like something he was passionate about, like baseball, football, fishing, hunting. He would literally jump off the couch, probably elevate a little bit off the floor, real deep voice. And he would get in their face and like get so excited and people would be thrown <laughs> off by it. The passion was like unreal. So he he showed me, he would he would teach me how to throw the baseball and football and go to all my ball games and all the way through. And luckily I had that. Now, George passed away in 2019, which is later on in the story, which I'll get into later. Yeah. And that's how I found Grant, by the way, um, which is a great story too, because Grant wrote the forward for the book, uh, Rocket Fuel. But um, at the end of the day, George was there for me to keep me straight. And if I didn't have him, I probably would have went down that route of, of of having an attitude and all. Yeah. Wow, dude. And I see, I, you know, I've got the 10X bling bling coming too. I I, I, I just signed up for the accelerator. Just Awesome. Awesome. Couple, yeah. So, so... Um, so you you were i mean did you end up you graduate high school and all that yeah so i i played football and i played all kinds of sports but football was my love and i went through college or high school and didn't drink alcohol didn't party you know i I was so so focused on that mission uh then i went to college and played football at a small division three school in maryland and at that point i lost my purpose and intention and i'll tell you why I get to a place, I went to a small high school. Yeah. I go to this college and all of a sudden there's girls everywhere and there's parties and alcohol. And I'm like, well, this is what you got to do. And I would start looking for where the next party was and where are the girls? And that's what my mission was at that point. It switched and I lost my intention and purpose. And I went down a really dark road for about five to six years. Wow. And then, you know, then drugs came into play and then I got through and I dropped out of college and then my friends started leaving and going on about their lives. And I was stuck in this town, still hanging out with the people that partied and did drugs. And yeah. I wasn't a junkie, but I was like a social, you know, butterfly, like always at the party always. And then it started getting really dark because my friends were moving on with their life. And I felt like I got left behind. Right. And it, it all led from losing my intention and purpose and clear mission in life. And when I ended up meeting my wife, uh, about two year, I guess it was 2000, I met my wife and that cleared me back up. I didn't have to go to rehab. I didn't have to do any of that. My wife, when I found my wife and I saw her for the first time, um, we've been married 18 years this May, um, I, I, my wow. attention cleared up. It, it was like the clouds moved away and it was like, okay, this is what I need to do. And but thankfully to her, that was, that's what cleaned me up. So you, you say something interesting because <clears throat> you said that you lost your intention and your purpose and your focus and, 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 and did you really have it? Did you know before then what, what your purpose was? 
Yeah. So when I was about three or four years old, my mom used to program me with this. And I think she did it subconsciously because she knew her family life. She knew what I was about to go into as a kid. But from three to four years old, she always used to say, you inspire me so much, Mikey. You're, you're going to be a leader. Wow. And I, and I always remembered that. And I, everything that I was always around, I was like trying to fix problems. And so yeah. I knew that my mission at some point was to help and, and not be accepting of anybody else buying into their own bullshit. And I was to, to show them the, the, the real way. Even wow. when they didn't want to, so Dude, I've always awful. had that, and and I knew that I wanted to play football, and I thought about sports broadcasting, and uh, that's the stuff that I was thinking about. And then I got to college, and then it was like, this is this is more fun for the for a short period, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And right. And, and by the way, Ken also what led to that a little bit. My grandmother committed suicide while I was in college, and it was probably Jeez. I think my freshman year. So I was going through some things where I just like you know what? I don't give a shit anymore. I don't even give a shit. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and I went through that rebellious, probably mine was delayed a little bit like yours. Yeah. I fought a lot. Like I didn't take shit from anyone. If somebody said something to me, I just hit them. <laughs> I'm not proud of that. You know, I didn't right. like myself, man. It was, it, yeah. it's a time I thought I was, you know, uh, Joe Pesci from Goodfellas or something. Dude, <laughs> you know? you're, 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 I don't know how tall you are, but you are a stocky dude, man. I Five, six I, and three quarters. What, what'd you say? Five, six, and three quarters. <laughs> and I'm two ten. Two ten. My little my little girl does that. She always adds on the three quarters. I love that, dude. So yeah, yeah. so 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 you um I, I think that that you know, first off, most people I see I see my wife do that with our daughter. She's She's all she, every single night they do this affirm the, a prayer before she goes to sleep and this affirmation of I'm so smart, I'm so beautiful, I'm you know, all of these amazing things. And I overheard it like I don't know, a year and a half ago. And I I said something to my wife. I said, Hey, what was that you were doing with Abigail? She's like, Oh, it's an affirmation prayer that we do every night. And I go, That's the first time I, I'm she's 10 years old. I've never heard, you know, I yeah. think she was eight at the time. I, and, and she's been doing it since the day she was born. And guess what? My little girl is. She's the most confident little 10 year old girl on planet earth. Yep, I'm not yep. kidding. Yep, so I think it. what you're saying, dude, is everybody needs to hear that because even though you went through all this shit, you still had this positive affirmation rolling in your unconscious mind all the time. And it pushed you in a positive direction. Yeah, without a doubt. And now once I got cleared up and through college and when I figured out this thing about converting setbacks into rocket fuel, like I, I really realized that I can achieve anything. Now in 2019, Ken, my stepfather, George passed away um, of a heart attack coming out of the woods hunting, which that's where he would want to go if he did. Yeah. Wow. And I wrote about this in the book, the story about how we found out in the middle of the night. And, but George, just like the fact that if he, like the passion and spirit that he had two weeks after he passed away, I got this feeling inside of me, like this energy. I can't describe it. I don't expect people to, to, to believe it. I mean, that doesn't matter to me. I, I know what happened. Yeah. And I called my little brother Casey up and I said, Hey man, like I feel this power, like this energy. And I know it's from George's passion came into me. So I found my mission, which is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. Yeah. And what I do now, Ken, is I filter everything through that. Thoughts, words, actions, my environment, everything through that. Because I talk about rocket fuel a lot, but I'm, I'm not talking about rocket science. I'm a, right. I'm a simple guy. I want to go, is it going towards my mission or away from it? Is it building or destroying? That's all I care about. And I make those decisions based on that. 
and that passion is with it. And I just really now at this point, and by the way, Grant, Grant at, at 2019, right when George passed away, my little brother Casey was reading the 10x rule. And he said, Mike, you got to read this book. This guy sounds just like you. And I'm like, really? Uh, let me read it. So I read it and I was like, holy cow, this, like, this dude's talking to me. Yeah. This dude's talking to me, man. And I, I can relate to everything he's saying. And I can basically, for a period of time when I was going through a, a thing in business at that moment, I got, I got a little bit caged up. I introverted a little bit because I, I had the wrong people around me. Yeah. And my mission and my power that I was pushing out was getting dampened because I was letting it happen. I'm taking responsibility. I was letting it happen. So when I read the 10X rule, I realized and started hanging out with Grant and Brandon Dawson and all the Richie Dolan, yeah. Jared Glant. I read yeah. it. And I said, you know what? I'm okay doing this. I'm not the crazy one. They're the crazy ones. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the right track and it unleashed a beast. <laughs> so when that happened from there, my graph started going on a rocket ship trajectory. Everything around me started getting better. The people around me were better. And I don't have time for people that don't serve that mission that I'm on. Dude, that's that's incredible. Melissa says, "Are you still with Nations Lending?" I know, I know you are. So we'll we'll get into that for sure. But so so let's go back to you were you were. I think you you said you dropped out of college. You're still on the party scene though, <coughs> and you met your wife. Excuse me. Yeah, is that about the period of time when you met your wife? Yeah, I met my wife in 2000. My friends had pretty much left. There was one friend left, one of my buddies. He's my business partner now, Jason. He kept bringing this young lady over to our house. And I ran, I owned a house and he rented a room off me. And he'd bring her over and she was a nice girl and all. But I said, yeah. she can't come over here anymore unless she brings some friends. <laughs> so she would bring <laughs> some friends over and I didn't connect with any of them at first. And then she brought my wife, Jennifer, over. And I came home from work. And my my wife, Jennifer, was sitting on the couch. And I looked and I'm like, did a double take. And I'm like, wow, I hope she's not here to sell me something. I hope this is one of Kim's friends, <laughs> you know? And I, and I, and I ended up just knowing, I knew like, you know, when you see something, I just yeah. know it. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, like, I, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but when I, when I want something, I go get it. I get it. It's just yeah. the way it is. Like, I know that I'm, I'm so committed to something that mm -hmm. I go get it. And I just knew and, you know, like some women say, man, I like that guy. You know, he, he's a guy that knows what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> That's me, man. I know what I want and I go get it. And I, I like to teach people how to do that. So I yeah. saw her, started dating her at that time. And uh, we ended up getting married, you know, a year and a half later. And 18 years later, we have two kids, eight-year-old Sophia. We call her Tiny. She's on Instagram and, every, and TikTok. And then Nick is my 14-year-old son. Wow, dude. That's so awesome, man. So, so you... um. You met your wife. When did you, I mean, did you have a job? Did you have your own company? Did you have jobs? Plural. Yeah. Like, yeah I, did you go through all that where you were like, I'm trying to find myself in the, in the yeah. employment world. So when I dropped out of college, I had watched the movie cocktail and I thought I was going to be Tom Cruise, you know, like, I don't know <laughs> if anybody else has had that experience, but it's yeah. like, wow, I want to do yeah. this. Dude, and I used to flip the, yeah, yeah. Quickly, I found out that that's not reality necessarily. <laughs> so uh, I got into in-home sales for nine years. I felt like I got into a job. I was making decent money and I felt stuck for nine years. Again, wow. it's all my doing. Um, and then eventually I got into real estate. 2005, real estate, mortgages, and then everything took off from there. And yes, I am wow. still with Nations Lending. I have a division of 30 plus employees now. Three of my best friends run the company day to day with my little brother, Casey that I mentioned earlier, and I work on the business 
and then wow. I'm doing all the other things that we're into now. Dude, that's incredible, man. So, um, so you, the bartending thing didn't work. Yeah, that was uh short lived. Yeah. You know, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but after a while, yeah. it's like, especially if you're drinking too, it's just there's it's destructive, man. It really, oh yeah, everything yeah. like that, and it all stemmed from being bored. At, at yeah. the end of the day, I I need action. I'm the kind of guy like I I need to get into something. Yeah. And I need to direct my energy and passion towards the right things. And again, yeah. it goes back to that towards or away, destructing, building or destroying. Like that's that's what matters to me now. So I focus everything that goes serving that mission. And uh, yeah, so bartending was a no-go. I still like to do it for charity events and stuff. It's still kind of fun. <laughs> but you did in – what would you sell in home sales? What would you do? I'm curious. Uh, we did. We would go test water for people and see if they had like iron and hard water, and we would sell them water <laughs> treatment systems. And I did, uh, I did the same thing, dude. Did you? I worked for Rainsoft. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. I was the top guy in Columbus, man. Yeah. Really? So yeah. I worked. In, oh, yeah. I worked. Yeah, I worked in Maryland, and I did that for uh, nine years. And I actually opened up my own office in Connecticut. Wow. During one of the worst winters Connecticut ever had, and my wife was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we we ain't staying here." And <laughs> so we we ended up leaving, and that business failed. But that's okay because uh, that didn't stop me. But um wow. yeah man that's I, crazy. I, I i'm world, still man. i'm still familiar with the trihalomethanes dude like people yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. know they don't even know <laughs> well i don't know how much they were when you were selling them but i was selling them for like five to seven thousand yeah and we would go into that house and do a two three hour demonstration sit down and talk and you know we had to handle objections and close the deal that night and yeah, yeah. back when i was i was still partying and i would go sell a deal or two that day and i would go and call my buddy up the same one that introduced me to my wife. And I'd say, Hey man, sold a couple deals. I'm going to pick up a 12 pack. We're going to the bar tonight. And this would be like a Tuesday. Yeah. And, and then the next day hung over, I would go into a sales meeting and we'd be yeah. in the office with the fellas. And then this lady, Jody, she would come in and knock on the door. Um, Hey Mike, uh, Mr. Jones is on the phone. He wants to cancel. <laughs> Cause they had a three day right oh, of rescission. Oh, I know. And yeah. here I partied and spent a bunch of money that I didn't have the night uh. before. And the deals were canceled and I'd have to go and drive to the house and try to save the deal and being hung over. And, and it was just like, what a, what a miserable life that like I was, I, I look back yeah. on that and I'm just like, that's just, you know, I know. I, so anyway, I get it, I get it, dude. <laughs> I get it. I, I love, I, but I, I love my very first job ever selling was at 17 years old selling for an Amway distributor that, that, I mean, he suckered me into selling these water purification systems that Amway carries. And, yep. and I, I did okay. But then, then later in life, I, I sold for Rainsoft. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy, so man. But you know what though, that, that yeah. built me. I mean, I was able to handle objections, tough calls, ask tough yeah. questions. I mean, so yeah. there was definitely some good that came from that. Um, and I, and my mentor, Joe, that owned that dealership, um, was a great guy and he's still a friend of mine now, but he was a good business mentor. That's awesome. So then you got into, now is this your, your, your company? You own it? No, Nations Lending's owned by two young gentlemen that are in their forties. Great guys. Wow. And I run a division for them, like a P and L underneath their, their company. Got it. Yeah. Um, and that's just one of the things I do. I used to be identified as a mortgage guy and I would, we had a company that failed, uh, I don't know, three years ago because yeah. the ownership of that company did some things and I don't want to get into the details of yeah. that, but yeah. I identified at that moment in that time of, man, I'm a division manager and I ate, slept, breathed it. And I didn't have an identity besides that. And when that crumbled, 
um, I was lost. You know, I, I ended up having like, you know, I, I broke down in my kitchen in front of my wife and just like the weight of the world, 22 employees I had at that time. I felt like, like I let them down. And, um, but when all said and done, like some of them left and we had to take those, these people, this, this foundation we had and move it to another company, which we did find nations, which is a great company. Yeah. But I broke down and felt like, man, I let the people down and they were looking at me like, now what? And I just felt after that moment, I, I told my wife, I'll never let this happen again. I'll wow. never, ever, ever one, let people down like that because I take full responsibility, no matter if somebody on the outside's looking and says, well, that's not really your fault. No, it's my, my responsibility. Yeah. But the other thing is I'll never be identified as a division manager again. Like that's where C-Rock was born. Like that's yeah. the brand. Like I'm going to do a lot of things. I'm going to have a mission that all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And everything I do is surrounded that and serves yeah. that, you know, and that's, that happened back in, uh, late 2017. So not too long ago. Now, were you in the mortgage business during the 08, 09? Yeah, I got in in 06. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> So look, man, but look, all that stuff built me, you know, that's what I'm yeah. made of. Like we talk about my, my show is what are the ingredients that go into making you? Yeah. You know, I, I can achieve anything, man. I know that the things I've been through have put me in a position now that like I'm ready to roll. Anything that comes my way is not a problem. It's just a fuel for me now. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you go through these things and at the time it looks like the end of the world is hit, hitting you. And really when you find out, really it's these things are opportunities and they're, they're building blocks. And, uh, yeah. So how, you know, do you find yourself, I I'm, I'm look, I'll be, I'm being just real with you. I, I hear people, I'm, I, I don't have patience for excuses <laughs> and, and, and I, I, sometimes I lack empathy and it's terrible. I don't like it. That, that quality about myself. Um, but sometimes I do, I lack, I lack the, the, like, dude, how long are we going to stay in this pity party you're having? Like what's next? Like we've all been through the, you know, do you, you saw the movie, the secret, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, remember Jack Canfield says in there, he's like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, my, my dad was an alcoholic and I saw him be abusive. And, you know, he's like, that's called the, so what now what? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what do you, what do you, what about the people who are making excuses in life, not to, not to live it to the fullest? So I want to help people that want help mm. and I want to show people if they don't want help, why helps a good thing and get into the conversation about that. Yeah. Right? Because, because that right there will open up doors and open up communication for me to help them. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to buy people's bullshit. I'm not going to buy the truths that they're telling themselves, even if they do. And we all understand it's the mind, it's the subconscious mind. It's trying to justify things. It doesn't make sense, even though yeah. it's not rational and it just, they, it just happens. So really I don't uh, tie that to the person personally. Yeah. I really understand that it's their mind. And when you do that, you understand that then, then from there you can say, listen, uh, call it out. Like, I know that it's not you personally that's doing this. It's your mind playing tricks on you. I'm not going to buy your bullshit. So yeah. you can cut that stuff out right now. I want to help you. And here's how you do it. Are you open to that? If they say no, I try to stick in communication with them talking about why help is, is a good thing with them yeah. and I, I can help them and make them believe that. But at the end of the day, if they leave and they don't go around me anymore, that's a good thing because you're getting everything out of your way that serves, uh, that doesn't serve your mission. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So, so oh, to yeah. Me, yeah I, I, and, and some people shy away from pointing that out with people. 
Yeah. Some people shy away from holding other people accountable because they don't hold themselves accountable. I don't have that problem, Ken. I, I hold myself to such a high standard that, that I, I don't have a problem with that. And a lot of people are so afraid of somebody calling them out on their own bullshit. Yeah. I, I encourage that. I want that from people. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So, so fast forward a little bit. You, um, you wrote a book. Do you, can you hold up your, your book yeah, and your yeah, show? Yeah, yeah buddy. I, I'm, I'm excited about this. So Rocket fuel. Yeah. Convert setbacks, become unstoppable. Now, Gino Dude. Wickman wrote a book called rocket fuel. It was more about a, it's an entrepreneurial book. This is more mindset lifestyle. Um, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's oh. freaking that's freaking awesome. And Grant Cardone wrote the forward. Yeah, Grant wrote the forward. Um, you know, I got some great guys on the back that gave me quotes. Um, you know, it's just uh, you know, I paid attention to what Grant's material said. I paid attention. I listened very carefully when I see him live or when I talk to him, and and I pay attention to little things. And one of the things I noticed with him was he would not let anything stop him. He was perversely unyielding, is how I would describe it. That's if, if anybody's watched Undercover Billionaire, not to make this about Grant, but <clears throat> he was so keen on his mission that he didn't let anything stop him. He matter of fact, he took things and used them as fuel. Now I watched this thing for years, for the last couple of years, I'm paying attention. And I noticed all successful people are so committed to their, their, their targets and their goals and ideal life that they that they're perversely unyielding and they take everything that would stop them or slow them down and convert it. So that's what I started thinking. And I interviewed Grant about this. This topic, I said, why do you keep grinding so hard and going after things when you've already got all the money that you have? And why do you keep doing that? What's it going to take for you to get into outer space? And I asked him that question on my, on my interview with him. And he goes, you know what? People aren't ready for that answer. They're not ready for that discussion, what it would actually take. Because you know, at some point you do, you make enough money, you've achieved enough where you can be untouchable in a way. Like you could do whatever you want. And I wanted to know what right. would it take to get there for him. And that's where the rocket fuel concept started to come into play with my mind. And that's when I wrote, started writing the book. And, and how long ago did you start writing this book? Uh, that would be in 2000, late 2019. Wow. And it's coming out in, in you said Monday. May 3rd? Monday, May 3rd, next Monday. Yep. Um, did I invite you to join me on an, on an Amazon Live? Uh, I don't think so. I'm an Amazon influencer and I'm one of a handful that are allowed to go live directly to Amazon's customers. So um, I'm doing a public invite. Uh, I'll have you on. Um, we'll do, uh, I'll see if we can make it happen on the day that it launches. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll clear my schedule. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do, we'll do, do, man. Thank you. Do a 30, 30 minute interview or so. Um, <clears throat> so, so you wrote this book. Um, how in the world did you get Grant Cardone to freaking like, he doesn't write <laughs> forwards, dude, come on. Yeah. So I don't, you know, most people probably wouldn't share all these details, but I will. Cause I don't care. I want people to see the journey that it takes and also the level of commitment that I have. Yeah. So, you know, I got involved in the community. I, I bought all the stuff. I got my team at the mortgage industry on Cardone. You, yeah. you know, and, and we saw big results. Like our business shot up like 800% year over year. So, wow. I mean, this stuff works. And so I'm like, by the way, when I first got the, the card on you and told my team, I said, guys, we're going to be a case study. We want to get attention with this. We need to have results so that we can continue to bring results back to them and be a case study for his content. And uh, I shared that with them. And then they started sharing results in their morning meetings at Cardone's office. You know what they do? They, they celebrate wins for people. 
And I yep. kept making sure that our team would show up over and over and over again. So the name got recognized. And then I ended up making friends with Jared Glant, went golfing with him. Him and his wife had dinner with my, me and my wife and just started building relationships in the organization. Yeah. Because I wanted to be around those type of people. And I wanted to also give back and help besides money, buying things, but give yeah. back and help people that are helping and making a big impact on this planet. So uh, when I started to write the book after that interview with Grant, I'm like, I'm going to write a book and he's going to write the forward. And I wow. told my team that. And I said, my publisher and my assistant, I said, guys, we're going to get Grant to write this forward and we're going to write a bestseller. So everything that we're doing, our mission is to have those two things happen. So every thought that we have, words, when we have meetings, this is what we're talking about. It's got to go towards that. Now, I had no idea how it was going to happen. I never wrote a book before. Um, but for some, wow. somehow, I mean, I, I still look back on it and I don't want to go back through it again. <laughs> so I don't yeah. want to go back through that process now that I look at it. But when yeah. I commit to something, I tell you that I get it. It's because I just, I, I lay into it. And yeah. so the book was almost done. This is back in the fall at some point. And I called Jared Glant and I said, hey, do you mind if I get a quote from you for my book? I'd love to have a quote. You mean, you know, you made a big impact on me. And he's like, yeah. sure, no problem. I said, what about Grant? Do you think he would write the forward? And by the way, before I, before I did this, just to be fully transparent here, I was like, shit, man, think it, I had all those things that run through your head when you're trying to do something and accomplish something you want to accomplish, but you're not sure how to do it or if it's going to work. But I just had all these things and I just pushed them to the side and did it anyway. And the, I got a and saying, the fear, the fear. Yeah. yeah. The fear I, got a saying, I got a saying in my head that do it anyway, do it anyway. Like I yeah. hear that a lot because I, I, you know, we all go through that, but if you just say yeah. do it anyway and you work that muscle. Eventually yep. you'll do whatever you need to do. So he said, uh, yeah, he doesn't do that. And if he did, he, he just doesn't do it for anybody and it won't be free. And I'm like, well, dude, give me the details. Look, I, 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 I love you guys. I'll, I'll run through a wall for you guys. I, I talk about your stuff all the time. And if there's anything that, you know, whatever, just find out the details. So he came to come back and he said, yeah, Grant said he'd do it for you. You, you know, you do hold up to the 10 X standards and, but you know, it's, gonna cost you know he his time and all that and i'm like all right well dude just tell me just tell me how much man uh, I, I, you yeah. know and he said 75 grand and then i honestly this is again i'm just giving you the full transparent yeah. five minutes i went through a five minute little bitch session with myself like are you kidding me man <laughs> like what the frick are you kidding me like i but i spent this i spent that i went through all the stuff that i bought and all the this that and i'm like but then i realized like what am i doing right now like what kind of person am i being this, yeah. this is a guy that's really blowing up right now. He's put a lot of time and effort, blood, sweat, tears, stress into what he's developed. And yep. <clears throat> if he's going to do it, it's going to, he's going to make sure that the person's doing it is serious and committed. Yep. And he wants people to think big. So I said, you know what? I text Jared back. I said, you know, what? I'm crazy enough to maybe just do this. Wow. Now I didn't want to spend 75 grand of my own money. Right, right. I didn't want to do that. I was like, there's no way, I'm, but but I'm committed, so committed to this, I might just do it. So I started bouncing the idea to my wife and my publisher and said, hey, I found out that he would be willing to do it, but here's the cost. And my wife said, do you sound like you've already made your mind up. <laughs> so right there, that's a hurdle that you got to get over with your spouse, right? That yeah. sounded like me to me permission. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I told the publisher, she said the same thing. You sound like you've already made your mind up. I don't know. I said, well, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, listen, it may not be worth it, but it's a great story. Nobody can ever take it from you. So I went to my team, my partners, uh, who are great friends of mine since we were 10 years old, 11 years old. Yeah. 
There's three of them. And I went to him and said, guys, I'm going to do this with or without you. But do you want to be a part of this and everything that we do on the outside of this, everything that I get into, we all share in it. And each, I went single to each individual yeah. and they all three said, let's roll. We believe in you. Those are the people wow. that you want to hang around with. Those are the people that you want to surround yourself with. So that 75 yeah. went to, to divided by four. Yeah. Which is what? 17 ish. And then from there to tax write off. So <clears throat> end up, it wasn't 75 ended up being to me, it was like 12 or 13 grand and yeah. nobody can ever take that from me. And I have that story and whether it's worth it or not, doesn't matter that we wired that 75,000 over. I don't know if they thought that they, they would really get it or not, but, it, but it, what it also does is it pays for, it pays for access, shows your commitment level. And, yeah. you know, I had some other plans, by the way, in the works with the Cardones, the whole yeah. organization that I'm going to try to elevate them beyond yeah. even a, like, there's some things going on right now that I just, I want to work with them on. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. So it just gives you access and I, man, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I did it now. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, some people might think that I'm crazy, but it is what it is. Maybe I am. Dude, people, people don't, don't get the concept of pay to play. They just don't understand how valuable, I, you know, I don't know how many, like, I, you know, I committed Todd straws. I was, I was his first, like his first deal as a new guy at Cardone's office and him and Steve spray closed me. Right. And, and so, um, you know, but I, I can remember thinking, God, Grant's got thousands of videos on YouTube. I could just, I didn't even know who he was back then. Right. And I'm right. like, I, I'll just pull up his YouTube channels and it's free or his YouTube videos. But, and, and you know, Todd made a point to me back then. He recently made a point to me again. And he said, look, if you invest, the only thing like the way that you shop is the way your customers are going to shop you is what mm -hmm. he said. And, and it was the first time I think in 50 years that I had heard something like that. Really? Right. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, damn, man, he's, you know what? He's right. He's right. Cause if you, if you're always looking for a discount, if you're always, then that's what your customers are going to do. They're going to come to you yep. looking for a discount. It's so, so true. It is true, man. And, and people don't get it, man. They're like, I'm broke. I can't afford it. Figure it out. Figure yeah. it out. Well, when you complain about a price, you're really not complaining about the price of something. You're complaining about the fact that you don't make much, uh, much money. <laughs> That's what you're really focused on. <laughs> and and to dude. me, I didn't even I didn't bargain with them, negotiate with them. I mean, Grant teaches negotiation, all that, dude. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Let's wire that money over. Let's get it over to them and make them shit their pants. <laughs> Let's make an impact. Wow. Let's make a splash over there. Like that's, that's what I thought. Awesome. So I don't care what people think of me. I worry about the experience that people have for me. And I want them Love to be that. like, holy shit, this guy is real deal, man. That's and awesome. that's that's what I'm concerned with. Dude, that's freaking awesome, man. That's awesome. So so let me ask you a question. What do you think? And I always ask these these two questions. Um, you know, number one, what do you think, in your opinion, holds most people back in life? from experiencing financial success and true joy and happiness, freedom. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I, I work with Richie Dolan a lot. Who's a coach. He was with the Cardone licensee, but now he's doing his, yeah. his own thing right now. And, <clears throat> you know, he, he's really clear on this with us because he's, he's working with, we have a small mastery group of like 25 people. And what he talks about is 
most people are living the life of a truth that they tell themselves. They've established a truth for themselves. They dedicated their life to an illusion, which is just a truth, which isn't fact. It's just a truth mm. that they tell themselves. Yeah. And they feel like they're stuck and identified by that. And so really what it comes down to is most people would rather explain their life away than intervening in it. Think about that. They'd rather give excuses and explain things God, instead of taking ownership true. of it and they get stuck. Now, when you get to the point, which I did before, and I think all of us have gone through different stages of it, but some people are still not there yet. When you actually get sick and tired of that and you're like, enough, enough, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm only going up now. And when you start to do that and you start to hang around other people and assess your situation, here's the thing too. Elevation comes from assessment of things, assessing your thoughts, your words, your actions, yeah. the people around you, your environment, your hydration, your working out. Your, when you assess things on a regular basis, you elevate. Wow. And so these are things that I've learned um, in my mentorship and, and the coaching that I've had with basically everybody that 10X. I mean, you, you look at everything that I, I stick with that organization because I don't want a bunch of conflicting information. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've turned into something different. I've evolved based on being around those people. And I want to make sure that I'm now that, that beacon of light for other people to see that they're unstoppable. Dude, that is, that is freaking awesome, man. I, I think, you know, there was a time, uh, Grant and I used to talk on the phone once in a while and, 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 he was he was helping me through this <laughs> this situation back when I was still I had a show on his network and stuff right and and so he was helping me through this situation with some employees that I had and he says and 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 it's a long story I'm not going into details but I had some people quit and it was a a group of very cancerous people mm-hmm. they all left my company on the same day and and dude I, I thought this was my core. Like I thought this was my core group. And I remember going, I am so screwed right now. Like I can, re- I was left with me and one dude, my graphic designer. And that was it. And Grant calls me and he's like, Hey, congrats on the VP quitting. I'm like, congrats. Are you hi? What's wrong with you? Congrats. And he's like, Dude, now you can build it with the right people, man. Like this is an opportunity. You know, my mom, he said, my mom always said, when you're going through hell, stomp on the gas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I I can't find the gas. (laughs) I was just talking to my team today about this. You know, I was talking to him about like, if there's ever a problem where we're not accomplishing something the way we need to accomplish it, or people aren't buying in, or I know the stuff that we've employed into our business works. I yeah. know that it works because I'm getting it from people that have hundred million dollar companies, billionaires, and I'm I'm putting it in here. If if it's not working, there's somebody in this organization that's stopping it, or they're yeah. holding us back. And I'm going to find you if that's you. Now, if you're doing it unintentionally, and you're not sure, come to me and we'll talk about it, and I'll work you through it because I want yeah. people that want to be better. But if you're the one that's holding us back, you better look out because you're not going to last here. I'm not going to let it happen. And I tell my team this all the time. I'd rather do this by myself start all the way over again and have the right people then do it with people that aren't bought in and align with my mission. And it takes balls to say that, excuse the expression, but it takes no, a courage it and does. it works. 
you're you're a thousand percent right you know what about like i mean we just went through i think a lot of states are still going through for whatever reason um but you know we went through this whole pandemic thing and lockdown suicide rates went through the freaking roof man i mean i have a buddy that runs the the suicide prevention hotline for the state of ohio and he said back in july or august it was just their calls were like 10 times what they normally are. And, and, and so have you ever, like I had a car repoed in front of my, my, my employees one day, like, you know, I've been through all kinds of this crazy shit. And have you ever been in a place where like, you're like, there's no way we're getting in your head. You're going, it's over. There's no way we're getting through this. Like it's, it's over. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I had the wrong people around me, Ken, I mean, it, yeah. bottom line is, is that when you are not serving your mission or yeah. first of all, not clear on your mission, but then not yeah. filtering things through that and you allow negotiations to happen and you negotiate with your dreams, that's what happens. And yeah. so I've been in that place before where I was chasing producers, despite the fact that they weren't aligned with what I believed in and they weren't the right people. They were unethical and that's what happens, man. You stick yeah. and and dance with the devil long enough, you're gonna have to pay the price, right? That's what it what it comes down to. So, at this sure. point now, I've I've I got sick and tired, man. I got sick and tired of it, and I stopped believing that that was the reason for my success. That wasn't the reason. They were there producing, but it was really holding us back. You don't realize what that is actually doing to you, your family, your health, your company. And as soon as I get rid of somebody that's a weak link, every time we get a trampoline effect. Every single time. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, no, I've definitely been there. And that's when I, when the one time I broke down in, the, in my kitchen in front of my wife that one time, which I never, ever did before and never will again. I realized that, you know, I had to take responsibility here. And that's one thing, by the way, that I was not doing good enough. To the degree you give up responsibility for where you are in life, you give up control. And that's what you're talking about is not having any control. Right. Yep. So once you grab on to the responsibility, you become the puppet master instead of the puppet. And that's when everything changes. So where you are right now, Ken, and where I am right now is all based on decisions, actions, and things that we did or didn't do in our past. Yeah. Yep. And until we realize that, we have no control. And once you do become aware of it, going forward, the good news is your future, if you believe yep. that and you take responsibility, you also have to believe it's a, it's a must that your future is going to be determined by you and you can create your own future. So that's what the solution with, with all that was for me. So somebody that's, that's, that feels like they've tried everything, somebody that's barely hanging on right now, maybe they own a business, they work at a business, whatever, they can't pay their bills, their cars repoed, electrics being shut off. They're going through all the shit right now and they don't know what to do. And I've been there where you just, you're in a state of total confusion. You're frozen in fear. Um, what do you say to that person to help them get through to the next moment, knowing that it, it you know, and I know it's going to pass, but how do you get them through to the next moment? A couple things. First of all, I always look at the worst case scenario. So one, I came into this world and I know you came into this world, butt naked, yep. not knowing how to talk, barely being able to see not understanding language, like we had nothing. 
So what's the worst case scenario? You go back to being butt naked again, but this time you can talk, you can understand language. So that's what I, I'm just, yeah, just goes through my head. Okay. It might be yeah, crazy. Yeah. So the other <laughs> thing is when people are in an adversity or a setback, the, 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 the chaos and the confusion and the emotion is at its highest. So they can't, they can't buy in and learn about the rocket fuel law, which is to convert all setbacks into rocket fuel for your future. They can't buy into that right there. All they need at that moment is some hope. They, they can't see the light at the tunnel, the closer to the prox in proximity they are to the adversity. So they need some hope. So they just need someone or something to give them hope. And that would be, if you're in that situation right now and you just don't know what to do, get around someone that has been through it before, someone that is successful, someone that can show you the way. Get on YouTube even. If you don't have any money, get on YouTube and start looking for people that have been in that situation. Search it. Look at Grant's videos. Look at my videos. Like. Yeah. That's the first step. Just find some hope somewhere because listen, at the end of the day, killing yourself is not the answer. We all know that. Yeah. And yeah. start making decisions. So another recommendation, go somewhere and sit down and just deep, take deep breaths because breathing is the way through stress. And then once you do that, really get clear on if everything was gone away, all the things were pushed to the side, how would you want your life to be? What would be the perfect life for you? And then just start very simply making decisions, taking actions, being around people that all go towards that instead of away from it. And very slowly, maybe you'll start turning things around and very slowly you'll start gaining momentum. And before you know it, you, this snowball effect takes place. You may, and by the way, I'm saying this to people that are maybe hearing this, that are going through that right now and they just can't see it still. That's okay. You don't need to see it. Just believe it first. Seeing is not believing. You need to believe it and then you see it. And yes. that's a very, very important thing. If you're taking notes, write that down. Believe first and do not put limitations. Understand that anything is possible, but you need to believe and then you'll start to see. You know, I can remember, you know, having, having had setbacks, massive setbacks and, and, and giving up. I, I mean, I literally gave up on my dreams. Like I, the setbacks were so big that I was like, what's the, I, I, I don't think I consciously thought this, but you know, unconsciously it was like, I, I, I look back and I'm like, I gave up for a little bit. Like I, 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 I decided that what's the point. Right. 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 And, and, and so people go through that. I'm sure you've been there where you're like, what's the point of even trying? Like everything else I've done got screwed up. <laughs> you know <laughs> right? what you just said, you're just giving yourself the answer right there. What's the point to me sounds like, what is my mission? Right. Well, if you're That's saying to right. yourself, what's the point? Answer the question. Right. When you get the answer to the question, then you can move forward. Dude, that, that's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. How's everybody follow you, man? Uh, Instagram is probably the best way. Mikey C-Rock, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C, or LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Is it uh, all is this your website? I have it pulled up here. Mike yeah, is the website. But yeah, again, like you know, look, I'm on Clubhouse as well. But Instagram, if you get on Instagram and you DM me, I answer my DMs. You know, I got a big following, but that's okay. I answer my DMs because people are gonna take the time to reach out to me. They deserve to have something back. And I, I'm happy to engage with anyone through that. And by the way, Ken, I just there's something else I want to th throw in real quick. I'm in the yeah. tech space now. I'm a tech co-founder. I never thought I would be a tech co-founder, but I opened up my options, my, my mind and yeah. found that I can create something. 
And so I am into tech and I'm also into this young entrepreneurs movement, which we launched through Sela Labs, which is helping kids from eight years old through college become tech co-founders or operators in tech businesses for only wow. $97 lifetime. And we take that money and we use that money, the $97, we're using it to uh, put into a fund to create tech products for the kids that come up with ideas. So if you're wow. interested in that, reach out to me because I want to, we have a big lofty goal of a million children in the next 12 months. Dude, that is freaking awesome. So where, what is that on your website or DM me, DM me, uh, you know, tech, just the, the word tech. And I'll, I'll get information to you on that. Um, it's just a phenomenal program that we're involved with making a big impact on this planet. And our goal, like I said, is to get a million kids through this program. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this up. So it's at Mikey C rock. Yep. C R O C on Instagram. Yep. And, and, and LinkedIn too. If you look up Mike C rock, if you Google me, you'll find me. It's very easy. I made sure of that. Is that it right yeah. there? Mikey C rock. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, Colleen, I think we follow each other. No, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And then I see Colleen, you, you want to, anybody wants to get their kids involved, just DM me. I'll make sure that we get the link. It's like I said, it's $97 one time, but they get a curriculum and they get mentored. We're going to have live events for them. And it, it's just phenomenal. We have some really big eight, nine, 10 figure entrepreneurs that are mentoring these children. Dude, that is freaking awesome, man. You're see, I, I want everybody to to take note that that Mike knows his purpose. And and you know what? Along the way, dude, you've adjusted your purpose and made it bigger. Involved. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. it, dude. I love it. What other any other words of inspiration you want to leave the audience with to anybody that's going through the shit right now? Yeah, what do you see, want to say to them? You, you just got to understand that anything that comes your way that stops you or slows you down under normal circumstances, stored in your fuel tank instead of your trunk where it weighs you down and converted into rocket fuel for your life to become unstoppable. It works. It's a law. Just as much as John Maxwell's laws are laws, the leadership laws, this is a law. And can they get your book yet? Is Can they pre-order? Yeah, yeah pre-order is on, uh, on that website. You can pre-order it, but... Um, Best just to go to Amazon on Monday. Okay. Awesome, dude. And we're going to, we're going to do, I'll, I'll help you with on Monday. Uh, we'll, oh, cool. we'll chat, thank you, man. We'll chat after this, but, hey, listen, man, thank you for coming on, investing your time in the audience and in me and pouring in. Thank into you, all man. This, Appreciate dude. you. Dude, you, you rock. So um, everybody, and Melissa says, I'm adjusting my purpose right now because I'm going through the shit. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, Let's go. Just look amazing. at the just look at the hope, the light, and once you see a little bit of it, just keep going towards it. I can't wait to read your book, dude. So, all right, listen, everybody, have a great day, Mike. Stay with me if you would. I'm going to end this. Thank you for coming on and sharing. Everybody, go follow Mikey C Rock on Instagram right now. If you want to reach out to him, send him a DM. He will reply to you. You heard it directly from him, Mike. Thank you for being here, brother. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate you, brother. See you guys.